Hi Mamas. Or Mamas to be, I'm Kayla. And I'm Tara. And welcome, welcome to Motherhood, Motherhood Leaked. Leaked. We're two first-time mums leaking unfiltered tales of motherhood. Being there, getting there, and possibly getting lost along the way. Let's, Let's chat. chat. May contains wearing. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood Leaked. Hello Kayla. Hey Tara, how's your week been? Uh, you know, it's been long. It's um, it's We had a full moon this week, so there's one thing. <laughs> Uh, the plague had entered my house again for like the third time this year, thanks to daycare. Um, and I'm always the one who cops the vomit. I mean, Bo gets vomit, but he gets over it really quick. And I feel like when Bo gets sick, he gets this energy, like more energy. He's really energetic, but he never, like he doesn't want to lay down and relax. He wants to run and be crazy. And and then I end up vomiting and can't do anything. And Wow. Yeah, I never That's used to lot. vomit. It is a lot. That's a lot because I have the opposite. Elliot is like, he just will nap and sleep heaps when he's sick. And I feel like he gets that from Troy because whenever Troy's sick, he will just sleep and sleep. Whereas I'm probably like Bo. I don't, wouldn't say I get more energy, but yep. I just can't sleep when I'm sick. But that's a lot. Oh, it's a lot. I wish Bo would sleep because like, oh, I lay on, I'm happy to lay on the couch and watch the Wiggles or whatever yeah. we need to watch. But he's just not interested. He's like, yep, I feel, I've had a spew. I feel better. Let's go. It's almost like his immune system's like ramping up and it's giving him energy <gasps> oh my God. for life. He's just like, yeah, let's go. Giving him life. Yes. Um, and sucking the life out of me. How has your week been? Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. But I thought what I would do today is um, give everyone a bit of an update on how the weaning, night weaning situation is going because I mentioned that last week. Yes. And for any other mothers who are breastfeeding, um, whether at any point in your breastfeeding journey, you will know that breastfeeding isn't linear. And this is a reminder that it is not because we are now back to night feeding. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just in full acceptance. And look, to be honest, it did start because um, Elliot did get sick and then he was teething. And I just, I don't know, I felt it was right for both of us. And I'm kind of at a point at the moment where it's working for both of us still. So I'm just going to keep going with it. And yep. he just goes through his phases of like some days he feeds a lot, other days he doesn't. And we're just back to rolling it with it, I guess. Yeah. Following. Going with the flow. Yeah. Going with the flow. That is a great way to put that it. It is a lot. But it's just funny because it's gone full 360. Like I was literally at the point of like. <laughs> I remember not... you're like, yeah, I'm done. Ready. Yep, it's yeah. Yeah. Do you remember we had that conversation? I, I was do. like, I am not even going to keep breastfeeding at all. Like I yep. went to I, within 24 hours. I was like, <laughs> I'm not. Bre- I, I want a night wean. Okay. I'm not breastfeeding at all. And then I was back to just night weaning. And we night wind now within a week or however long it's been. It's been a few weeks, actually. Um, yeah, we're back to just rolling with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, well, it is where we're at with that. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, with the full moon, I'm a bit scattered, to be honest. Yeah, um, I feel that. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to put my thoughts together. <laughs> I mean, motherhood in general is like that. Um, but I did hear a funny story the other day. Oh, tell me. Well... It's not a story, actually. It's like a mother ha- motherhood hack. Okay. Um, so I'm sure many mums can relate to this. Um, or even if you have like young children around you who are your niece and nephews or anything like that, you're just trying to enjoy your morning coffee in peace or Absolutely. you just want to sit for five minutes and not be touched. So if you're anything like my son, this will work really well. Um, a friend of mine was telling me about this. I think it was on TikTok or something. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. And it was her mum friend that told her. But essentially what you do is you carry a nappy with you wherever you are in the house or if you're out of the house. And whenever they come over to you and they want to climb up on you or they want you to play and do something while you're just trying to enjoy that morning coffee, you just hold the nappy up and be like, do you want to change your nappy? (laughs) And of course... They run. They run. (laughs) So I haven't tried it yet, but... 
I know that I need to because Elliot is not a fan of getting his nappy changed. So how many times do you think you could do that before they cotton on to it being like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. To, we, we might have to try this and report back. Yeah. Do you think, think it so. would work for both? No, I don't think so. He's too much. If we're outdoors, he's pretty good. He does his own thing. But if we're inside, he's too much of a clinger. I think he yeah. would just be like, no, I don't care. Like, show me that nappy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon um, Elliot would definitely run in the opposite direction. But I think we should try this and report back. All right. That sounds good. Sounds good. Well, well in today's episode, we are covering all things newborn phase. Yes. Um, I think it's good, like what we covered in terms of um, like our own personal experiences and mm-hmm. perspectives. Um, obviously, yep. everyone has their own journey and what it looks like and um, the highs and the lows. But I think what we covered was really important because of social media being a place where the newborn phase can be really glorified Absolutely. in what the baby's wearing and the nursery and, um, you know, having baby in the pram and being yep. by the beach and like setting all these expectations in your mind for what it's going to be. And then it comes to the newborn phase <laughs> and it may not be that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. And we do have like some advice and things that other people have given us. Obviously, with everything, advice is just to be taken. Like, whatever works for you, works for you. Especially after you hear us speak in this episode, you will know. Yeah. <laughs> just do what you got to do. Exactly. To get through. Yeah. Um, and then after we did record it, we realized, like, we missed – we didn't miss so much. We just couldn't fit it all in because otherwise Kayla and I's podcast would be, like, a marathon. Yeah. Um, so we are going to do another episode next week yep. um, on newborn stuff as well. Yep. But we hope you enjoy this episode. Part yeah. one. Let's go. Let's go. So you've just got home? No, you haven't just got home. You've just had a baby. So you're probably still in hospital, most women. They might be at this point. They could be, yeah. My sister was out within like a few hours. She gave birth at like 11 p.m. She was home by 3 p.m. the next day. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. My, one of my friends was like, was like that as well. Yeah. I think it was like 7 o'clock in the morning and then by after lunch she was home. Yeah. That's what about you? I gave, I was in for two days. So the whole idea of the birth program that I did through the MGP was to try and get you in and out, you know, natural birth in and out as quick as possible. But I had a bad tear, so I was on antibiotics. They had to keep me in for a couple of days. Which we covered in the prior episode yes. with your birth story. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and listen to that. Yes. Um, but like you, I was in hospital for, well, we did two nights. So yep. three days, two nights. Yep. We could have done one more because I had a Caesar, yep. emergency Caesar, which was also in my birth story. Yes. Which you can go back and listen to. <laughs> um, for me, I found the hospital stay, it was like a little bubble of love for us because we didn't have any visitors. Yeah. So we were really firm on that. We told our family and friends. I was going to say, was that a choice or was it because of COVID? I can't remember the rules. Oh, good. Yeah, fully. No, this was because um, like it was a choice. Yeah. I'd spoken to friends of mine who had had babies in the last few years and just got different opinions. And yeah. I don't know, for, for us, there was something that just felt really nice to be able to have that time to connect. And yeah. I know for me, I get pretty overwhelmed when lots of people are around anyway. And like, obviously it's actually quite funny though, because as soon as like the birth was done and everything, I was definitely like, oh my God, like so excited to like show show our parents, like, and my brothers and all that, but like, and my sister, but um, yeah, still we just were really content on just having ourselves there. And it was really nice for us. Like, did you have a shared room? No. Okay. That was a fear going in and yeah, did did you, I mean, I already know this. Yeah. I see. I had a shared room, so for me, it wasn't you know. I actually felt worse. It was definitely not relaxing for me because 
I had someone next to me who also had a baby and I felt bad being my first baby as well because I was like up a lot didn't get much sleep Mm -hmm. um and I felt bad for keeping the person next to me awake and I remember one mum on the second night she had obviously been her second time I think it was her second time around and she said to me throughout the night she must have sensed my I don't know fear or guilt or whatever it was coming out of my bed but she was like, just so you know, I'm already awake, so don't stress. Like, I think Aww. she felt me stressing. Uh, and that was really nice to hear. I'm just like, okay, sorry. And she's like, don't apologize. It's like your first night. So it was really nice to have that um, that support. And I only had my mum come in because I didn't have any f- friends and family here. So I also didn't have visitors besides my mum. Mm. Um, and I must admit, I don't think I could have. Like, I can't imagine barraging in with the group of visitors. <laughs> like, I I've, I've done that too. I've been to hospital and seen people who have had their babies and looking back, I'm like, oh, I feel bad. Like, yeah, isn't it, is it such a, you're like, oh, wow. It's a big, big thing. There's so much going on. Like you're healing from the birth, yeah. um, trying to figure out breastfeeding if you're breastfeeding oh, yeah. or dealing with not being able to, like for some mums and dealing yeah. with how to bottle feed. And like, it's just such a huge time. And yeah, it's funny, isn't it? When you go through it, yeah. you're like, oh, like you, yes. you see it from a different perspective and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And do did, did people talk to you about how the first night is like the most amazing night? Everyone's like, it's so like, you're like, oh, oh my God, like he sleeps and he's, he's doing this and that. And then the second night is like, oh, welcome to the world. Well, yeah. So we, lots of the midwives came through, lots of the ones that came through, <laughs> there were a few yeah. um, on that like second day, I guess. So before the second night, um, they kept being like, oh like we'll see you in the night like making those comments like it was going to be really difficult um so interestingly I I remember thinking to myself like oh okay here we go like you know we might be on but I also was really calm at the time for some reason don't know why um I could be misremembering (laughs) but the best thing happened and I may have already spoken about this in the episode before this I can't remember or in my birth story the the Thomas something? No, the Thomas method. No, not with breastfeeding. Okay. Yeah, we did talk about the Thomson method. But um, no, the midwife that – one of the midwives that I had at the hospital, she just came in at perfect timing in the afternoon. Um, and she must have, like, picked up on our vibe for, like, really wanting to take things a little slower, go with, the like, our, the flow of the baby kind of thing as opposed to, like, the hospitals, depending on who you get and where you are, they can yeah. be more rigid with timings and things um, for feeds and whatever. But – so she came in and instead of saying to us like, oh, you know, I'm going to like, we'll see you through the night. That really, I guess it is negative. Like yeah, it does definitely. instill fear. Like yeah. she was like, oh, um, let me show you how to feed laying down, like side lie feed. Yeah. So she showed me how to feed him and she's like, tonight, um, just keep switching sides. Like just yeah. feed him, roll over, switch him over, slide him over. And she's like, just see how you go. I got so much sleep. Really? Yes, it was insane. I actually woke up so refreshed yep. on the second day, or third day it would have been then. Um, and you weren't yeah. paranoid about all the signs that are around. Do you remember that Do you one? know what is actually <laughs> hilarious? So it's funny you say that because yep. I must have just been, I must have been in my own little world, which as it, as look, it worked yep. out great. But one, didn't realize there were signs until somebody mentioned it after. <laughs> Two, there was like multiple midwives who would come in and be like, oh, there's a baby in the bed. No yeah. one... It was actually interesting, though, because no one directly said to me, you can't have the baby in the bed. They just would be like, oh, there's a baby in the bed. I still was like, end. I just had one. (laughs) I just had one. That's funny. But now I understand that it's not normal practice to do that in the hospital. But thank goodness I was given that midwife at the time that 
Yeah, it was because it actually worked out really well. Yeah. Um, and if look, if I had a follow that, I probably would have because I didn't sleep much at all. And yeah. then I, I do remember just being paranoid because the signs were everywhere. I just remember seeing these signs See, like, isn't it like, don't sleep with the baby. Yeah. And be careful. And I must admit, I was that tired that I did fall asleep a couple of times holding him. Like, obviously, yeah. the bowels in the bed were up. So, you know. Yeah. Well, but that's still, the thing. I panicked when I woke up. I was like, oh, I must have just had like a power nap. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm holding the baby in the bed. I like, know. And I'm... I know this can be such a controversial topic, yes. especially I feel like now it's really heightened with social media where there's, there's such a polarity between sleep and what's safe and what's not and what's normal and what's not like there's really extreme like people have really extreme views um but in saying that um just to touch on it like it's interesting that you were instilled with so much fear just by what you were seeing and hearing around you and for me i dropped into instinct yeah and naturally like yeah of course like naturally you you worry a little bit like what's going to happen if i fall asleep holding them but if you have the bed set up safely which is exactly what that midwife showed me how to do um you have the bed rails up. I had a pillow behind me yep. so I could lean back onto that. The way that you instinctually are, you just don't sleep the same. Like you still, I still got, I was so rested. Like yeah. it's still better than being up and worrying yep. um, or them not as settled. But um, I don't know, like I can't really put it into words other than that. Like from that moment, I've always slept. Like I, I we co-sleep now still, but yep. we did that right through. And I never have had I definitely had a fear from what other people had told me and from what I'd read about SIDS and all that kind of stuff but um if I dropped into my instincts I never like you just sleep so differently like you know they're there yeah you know and it's like when you're holding them like you know you would know if you were to move like you would wake up like and I know people say like I'm a really deep sleeper and definitely follow your own yeah. path and your own instinct like if you're like no way in hell I could do that that's so fine and that but was me for, I didn't like obviously there were times where you get them home and you do fall asleep on the couch yeah. and things like that. You make sure it's set up, you know, like you said, safely. Safely, yeah. Um, like, but yeah. I wasn't comfortable co-sleeping. And that's so fine. Yeah. And it's funny because my sister, before she had her first, was like, oh, no, my baby will sleep in a cot and not sleep. And I she, just want to say that was me too. Yeah. And she is yeah. a co-sleeper. She's been a co-sleeper with her two kids. Um, yeah. And she's loved that journey. So, yeah. like you said, everything's such a big topic and it's different for everyone. But a lot of the, when we put it out there and said, like, what advice do mums have? A lot of people said, follow your gut trust your mama instincts like mm-hmm. you get home and you question everything yeah so i'll tell you a funny story so i was that mum who was like i had done all the research on like wake windows and what to do with your newborn baby and how they're gonna sleep <laughs> <laughs> and i had the beautiful um rattan rattan whatever um bassinet oh, in our room had been yeah. there since i was about like seven months pregnant yeah. like you know so excited insta work like the <laughs> yeah fully it was so aesthetically pleasing um i literally got home bawled my eyes out and said to Troy, I can't put him in there. It's a cage. I can't put him in the cage. (laughs) Like, I mean, look, I was going through the hormonal come down of giving birth, but um, it is your mind. It just, there's nothing that can prepare you for when they actually arrive. So I think that's something to, for any new mums to be listening, take on board advice with a grain of salt and just have it sit in the back of your mind. There is no right or wrong because and as many people say that every baby is so different. Yes. And if we think about it, that's why there are so many people out there giving advice or giving their yeah. opinion because it worked for them. That's it. But look how many people are giving advice. It's because yeah. there's so many different types of babies, like exactly. and so many different approaches. So there's no right or wrong. It's just really what works for you, for your family um, yeah. and for your baby. But going back to trusting your instinct and like not having expectations and going with the flow. Like I think for so many, that makes so much sense on the surface level, but for so many women, 
particularly I feel like in our day and time where mums are having babies a little bit later um, or even still like younger mums, like we're just so used to having a way of doing things like and doing it that way. Um, so it, our babies Plus do test us. There is so much information out there. Oh and my god! That, I must yeah. admit that is a hard thing when you're having a baby because you know even like people who will probably come to this podcast like I want to find out about the newborn stage because that's yeah. what I did. Like you devolve, like you yeah. devolve, like, devour. So much, yeah, devour. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Hospital early morning. Uh, you yeah. There's so much information out there, and like you said, it is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So you have these expectations. I remember I was always like, I'm going to love the newborn stage. Mm. I grew up with a really big family. I was always the family babysitter because I loved babies mm-hmm. and I loved the newborns. And that was now looking back, it's like, okay, yeah, I loved newborns from an outsider perspective. Like I wasn't there through the witching hour, through the night, through doing the, the night. pumping, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I had my own experience and it was very different to what I expected, I guess. I was like, I'm going to just like watch so many TV shows and I'm just going to... This go is actually binge. like so interesting because we have very... Oh, it's almost like everything you expected I got and the reverse almost. Like, so just tell me about – I'd like to like tell Sarah, everyone who's listening about um, what actually happened once you got home. Oh, God. So <laughs> once we got home, first of all, you're like, how dare they leave me like with the baby? Like, whose baby is this? Why am I allowed to leave the hospital? And you're just kind of like, okay, we have a baby now. And the drive is really nerve-wracking. Do you, how do you go on the drive? Like, I've oh. never seen, like, anyone drive. Brenton drives so slow in all his life. He's yeah, like, Troy was just, uh, I think Troy was really calm. I was just sobbing because yeah. my emotions all hit as we left the hospital. Like, oh, really? you know, Yeah, that yeah. was when we walked out. If anyone's on the Gold Coast, like, you walk down that corridor. I yes. remember, like, <laughs> I just walked out. We put him in the car seat and every – it was like every, I just got hit with, like, what had just happened in the last three days. I was like, wow. oh, my God, he's here. So <laughs> I don't really remember the car ride. I was a sobbing mess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you get home and – we had so because I had a tear, I was on antibiotics, and um, that kind of played funny buggers with Bo's tummy. Um, he had done the meconium, I think that's how you pronounce it. I ask that every time at the hospital, which is normal, mm-hmm. like usually they have mm-hmm. their first poo. Yeah. Um, but then he didn't go for another ten days. Wow. And everyone says that's normal and that's mm. fine. Everyone just keeps telling you, and that's why it, it's a bit frustrating sometimes because they're like, "It's normal, it's normal that he hasn't pooed yet mm. for a breastfed baby." Mm. Um, but I don't know. He just, he screamed the he whole so 10, unsettled. like the whole 10 days, even afterwards. He just, if Bo was awake, he was screaming. Um, he did go, we did go back to hospital um, in between that time. And we were those parents like, should we be here? Like, I feel like we're overreacting. And I must admit, they were so good. Like as soon yeah. as you go in, especially with a young baby like that, they take you very seriously. You're taken straight in. Everyone was great. They didn't treat us like you're overreacting um, because yeah, we weren't sure what it was. And we think it was the antibiotics for playing mm. with his gut. Um, nothing I could do would settle him. Thank God my mum was up from Melbourne because she was the baby whisperer. She would walk up and down the hallway with him at all hours of the morning. Oh, my goodness. And, like, there was so many no- – I literally cried for, like, oh, God, how many – four weeks straight or something because I just thought that I wasn't doing a good job because I'm like, well, why can't I settle him? Yeah. And that's because, obviously, I had the breast milk and, like, mum was just, you know, she's amazing. And it's I was so doing hard. all these different things. It was just and nothing was working. And it was just very, yeah. I rang my sister 10 days in. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, but so, isn't it like, yeah. isn't it, like you said, it just, it's so hard when it doesn't meet your expectation. But there's also so many layers to this because there's yeah. sleep deprivation. There's trying to figure out breastfeeding. There's having a gut feeling like you're talking about, like something's not right with my baby, Absolutely. but everyone telling you that it's fine. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so what do I do? Because I just have this baby that cries 24-7. Yeah. Like, I'm like, is that normal? Aren't newborns meant to sleep like a little bit at least? He would only, like, he'd sleep for like half an hour at a time a lot. That was like the intervals. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then I did introduce white noise a couple of weeks after my midwife had said something to me, but and that helped him sleep a little bit longer. But he was just like a little serial napper. Yeah, there was, there was no like long stretches. There was no, no binge watching TV shows for me. No, <laughs> no, and it's so like you look back at that time and you just think, how did I get through? But you did. Like, yeah, I did, did, and that's it. I'm here, and look, it is like talking when we were talking about like we're going to do the newborn episode, and I'm like. It is a bit foggy. Like there are parts oh that you probably gosh, don't yeah. remember because it's just like I just remember crying for days. Like just mm. being like, Oh my god, what is like what is this? Your whole life is upended. It's all about this little tiny human and you're not really even though you probably should be taking better care of yourself because you've just gone through a big experience, you're not because you're so focused on like keep this little human alive. I know. And it's so good that you're like sharing it from like from how real it was. Mm. Because you are so not alone in that feeling of like this is not what I expected and it's so hard and I remember feeling the same even though my experience was getting to binge watch a lot of TV. What did you Um, binge watch? I want to know what your main show was or think I know. Oh my god so I watched the re-watched the entire (laughs) like every season of Kardashians. (laughs) Keeping up with the Kardashians. (laughs) Also watched like re-watched um oh my goodness I've forgotten it. Gossip Girl. Oh yes nice. That saved me but anyway but going back to that like I just even though I uh, that was after the point that um I had come to some realizations about what the newborn stage was going to look like because I had big expectations in my head as well that I would just be this because I was so active before having a baby I was up at the crack of dawn out that door and to the beach going for walks I was like oh he's going to be coming with me like I'll just put him in the car triathlon with a baby basically (laughs) (laughs) put him in the carrier like chuck him in the car put him in the carrier and we'll be out of the house like no that's not how it works um and again like that all makes sense before like in terms of like people saying like oh no like it's going to be harder when you have them here you think that okay it'll be hard but you don't know what it's actually going to be like till you're no. in it there's and also, also you don't want to scare people like we don't want to scare no, and it's we not, also want no, to be no, very no, honest no. about it definitely the biggest thing like like I just said like I didn't get to enjoy the newborn stage in terms of like surrendering to watching hours of tv or not we did get to go out for walks and things but it was when I dropped like resisting it like and just what was in my head but before I got to that point I was like you like I got home and I was out of the bubble of hospital um and I think it is really important we talk about this because I feel like so many mums can feel so alone in this time because you look on social media and you see everyone posting about how great it is with their newborn and you're like well I don't feel that way like I love my baby but my life feels like chaos um because it changes in an instant definitely um but yeah I was very much the same like we got home from hospital and while Elliot was settled he was uh, he is still (laughs) a koala baby like he was on me 24 7 um and as most newborns are let's be real like they want to be close they they feed all the time um there is not a lot of downtime in terms of them like you needing to be present and with them um but yeah I just remember that conflict between my expectation and the reality that I was facing um feeling really alone I think it was about I remember it really peaked at around like the end of the second week um like a lot of sleep deprivation hit um that sense of not knowing who I was anymore like because I wasn't doing anything that I did literally two weeks prior isn't it funny (laughs) though because it's been two weeks and you think it's been two years like you're like oh my god (laughs) it's gonna last and I I know so many mums would say to me like it's gonna be okay the newborn phase doesn't last forever I actually hated that advice at the time I get it now because it doesn't last forever it goes in an instant so yes enjoy all the cuddles and all that kind of stuff but But in the time in that moment I just remember thinking I don't even know when the day starts and ends anymore 
Yeah. Like I was, I remember standing on my back deck, just like sobbing, being like, what is going on? Like I have so much love for this baby, but I don't know who I am. I don't know when the day starts and ends anymore. <laughs> How do I cope? Like, who am I? And it's the same for you. You were saying yeah. the same around that 10 day mark. Oh, like, definitely. And there is the thing, I think they call it, well, yeah. Excuse me. The baby blues yeah. that do hit, but it's it is more than that too. It's like it's a, it's a life adjustment, and yeah. definitely there's the baby blues, and there's also like postpartum depression and anxiety yes. that needs to be watched out for that kind of thing. And I like to like for me to differentiate to differentiate all of them. Baby blues for me was like PMS on steroids. Yeah, because I would just cry at the drop of the hat, and then yeah. I'd be really happy the next. And it, like you, for me, it was really obvious. I could see it, but comparing that to just being able to manage like the shift in like my life and what was I was going through on a personal level aside from my hormones like just who I was as a person like that was that was a lot and it really did peak around that like two-week mark and obviously dealing with different stresses with our babies like mine like I was saying like Elliot he did sleep but he slept on me like <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I tried to like not used to having this I mean you used to having someone in your belly yeah not used to having this human attached to you 24/7. well and it's funny that you said like you know how you think about the newborn stage before they come I used to watch YouTube videos of like my first week at home with my baby and I the mum's getting up in the night and yep. like feed. I was like I can't wait to be up <laughs> in the night with them oh, I can't wait for this and then the difference is though because I had um, like a lot of insomnia when I was pregnant. So I was like, oh, I'm already awake anyway. Who cares? I can Same. feed a baby. I can be up all night. No, the difference is you, like with insomnia, you don't choose when you're awake, but you don't yeah. want to be asleep. With a baby, they choose when you wake up. Like, it. It's <laughs> torture. It's pure torture. Yeah. You're actually like about to fall asleep. Like, no, we're awake again. It is. Exactly. Um, so there's a lot to adjust to. And I just think that's so, like, it's so good that we can just be talking about this because yeah, I think the insomnia that you mentioned too is an important thing to mention because a lot of uh, women get that in their like last trimester, mm-hmm. and I did hear that it is your body preparing yeah. you to like to get awake. used to broken sleep. Definitely, but you're never gonna get like you're not. <laughs> I remember my friends who had kids. I used to do like a lot of hours. Like when I was years ago, I was working construction. I used to do a lot of night shifts and mm-hmm. like you know massive nights, all this kind of stuff. And I thought I was tired. Oh. And I remember my friends saying, oh, you don't know what tired is until you have kids, blah. I'm like, no, I've, I do like massive night shifts. I get what tired is. It's your choice to have kids, all this kind of stuff. Here I am like up on my little pedestal. And then I have a child and I'm like, I rang them. I remember just being like, I'm so sorry. I didn't yep. know what tired was. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. So I do. I am sorry to my friends who had kids a long time before me. You and were again, right. like it's not to scare no. new mums. It's just to make you feel okay because yeah. you are going to feel stuff you don't expect to Absolutely. feel. And I think um, people tiptoe around. That, that's what kind of annoyed me too. Mm-hmm. People tiptoe around like, oh, you're going to be such a good mom and all this kind of stuff, which is great. You want that support. Yeah. Um, but also, like, no one told me about how hard, like, my sister mentioned it, but you don't know how hard it's going to be. No. I wish people kind of had been a bit more honest with me yeah. about that. Like you said, like, Definitely. it's very in this Insta-worthy lifestyle, like, world but, and, like, everything's, like, a little perfect me and, like, yeah. not everyone, but, like, you just... Yeah, I know what you mean. You do. You look at people and you're like, oh, God, I want to be that, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's so true. We look... And it's also our perception before we have kids. I'm sure lots of parents would probably have been honest with us, but we rejected. Yes, absolutely. Because we're like, no, it's not going to be like that. And you know what? It's probably for evolution because you probably wouldn't go through it. (laughs) True, (laughs) true. So true. Um, Didn't think of that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that it is just something that you just have to, I think, the I don't know, like it is, again, it varies person to person how they cope with it and you will find ways to cope. But I really found once I found the right support and I say right support because there is so many different ways you can get support in yeah. terms of sleep and sleep deprivation and 
routines. What did you do? What helped you? Like, what would you say? So first of all, I did, I think, what most mothers do and they look on Instagram, they go with the sleep routines. I had one friend who is an amazing mother and has really great advice um, in terms of sleep, but it didn't work for me. Um, Not only was Elliot more unsettled when I tried to do it and tried to stick to these really clear um, wake windows and in my gut, I just had a gut feeling every time that like he didn't need to be asleep, but I was kind of trying to force it. Like I had the, you know, the blinds pulled down and doing all the things he's crying. And like, um, I know some, again, like that's the, it gets blurry because then people are like, Oh, it's cause your baby's overtired. So then I literally was going to like 30 minute wait window. I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I can see him yawning at 10 minutes. Yes. Okay, I need to get him like ready for bed. <laughs> I remember my mother-in-law keeping bless her. She's amazing. But I just remember her thinking like, he's just wo-, like, she said, yes. he's just woken up. <laughs> and she's like, is that what you guys do nowadays? Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. Like she was not like, she was really great in the way that she didn't ever judge me, but she yes. was just like, Oh, it's like, a new thing. he's just been awake. Like, yeah. okay. But yeah, so that's what I thought. I went from thinking, Oh, he's getting really unsettled because because he's too tired, like he's overtired. Um, but I came across this amazing lactation consultant um, on the Gold Coast. Her name is Shona Castles, and I will give her a big shout out because she literally was our lifesaver at the time. She was the support person for us that that matched the kind of lifestyle that we have as parents and our baby um, for what he was, is. When did you see her? When- we saw her three weeks. So yeah. I remember just Googling yeah. lactation consultant near me. Cause also, um, Elliot hated the car. He was really good for the first week. I was like, Oh, this is great. Like, I think I, I have this like picture of him and I'm like, Oh, he was such a chiller. Like we were going to the beach and he was like, <laughs> didn't even wake up. Like we went out to Brecky actually. I remember we went wow. all the way to Brecky in the first week home. It must've been the second week or something. We went out to Brecky and home and he didn't even wake up. Like we wow. transferred him from the carrier to the like seat to the pram and there's you at home with a screaming baby like (laughs) seriously like um but after that he just went he just went into like I guess it was like the end of the second week he woke up to the world and I know that that happens like that's probably something to touch on that I wasn't told maybe I was and I ignored it but they go through that like sleepy some not in your case some babies babies (laughs) go through it just they actually like with Elliot I'll just speak from my own experience he fed and slept and pooed fed slept pooed like and he was very set and he was very settled in that if he was on me he was settled but um very chill like didn't really make a fuss not that often yeah end of second week though he became alert like he was looking around more and like he was wanting to be awake more and yeah for some reason hated the car which it actually goes on to like it took us just over 12 months for him to be okay in the car and that was a journey in itself but um we found Shona and I went to her because she was literally five minutes around the corner from me. She also does home visits too. But at the time I was like, I need an outing. So let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get me out of the house. Yeah. I'm sick of looking at and I just remember we got there and like, I, I was so in the zone of wake windows and I was like, Oh my God, like he's where well, he's going to need a nap. And like, I, like I was freaking out basically. Um, and Troy had him in the carrier and we had like the, um, muslin wrap like over. I'm like, just keep rocking him. Like, you're going to sleep. <laughs> anyway, we walked into the, into her office and she was like so chatty and nice. I think I'd seen her maybe coming back to that. Maybe I'd seen her once before. No, I don't think oh. I had. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I think I might've seen her actually just prior to that. That might be our second appointment. Okay. But at this appointment, it was a turning point for us where she like got him out of the carrier off Troy and was like, he can be awake. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, we'll be yeah, like, don't wake my baby. <laughs> like, no, he was awake. He oh. hadn't gone to sleep. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I'm like saying to her, I don't really understand. Like, I feel like he's meant to be asleep now. And she's like, 
does he is he content like she had him on her on her knee i remember like holding under his little chin yeah. propped up and he's like looking at he was so content and she's like if he really wanted to be asleep he'd be letting you know right now and she was really the first person who helped me on my journey to start trusting my instincts and following elliot's needs yeah and really for us to start connecting on that level and oh my god i'm sitting on my leg and it's gone dead ow <laughs> If you saw our setup, you would laugh. You would laugh. We're we literally could barely see each the... other. We look like, like who? What was that oh. show where you could just see the top of the guy's head? We're looking over a pillow. I was on even... Full House or so Home Improvement. I'm oh my god, I don't even it. know. But yeah. I was knelt on my leg, and it's gone so dead. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. So basically, yeah, she was really good in that. She told me about um, it's called Possum's Approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I never did the course or anything. I just went and read. Um, I'm gonna. I'll come back to that. There's a book that I read. Um, I actually listened to it because you don't really get to read books when yeah, you have a newborn, but you can listen. Um, I'll look up the name of it after, and if I can't remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But um, it it really just helped me to understand the way that our culture has shifted in terms of like mums going back to work, um, the cultural expectations on babies and sleeping and independency, mm-hmm. and how that puts pressure on us as mothers to think that our babies should be fitting certain boxes. Yeah. And that might not be the case for some babies and Absolutely. that it's okay to follow their needs like, yep. and to really just tap into your gut instinct like, and go with that and trust that and and really start to trust that your baby will tell you if it's not working, oh, what you're trying to do. And it's funny because we've talked about like our needs, I guess, at the start mm. of this podcast because it is important, your yep. needs. But it's like you've had the baby's been in your belly for nine months. They're now Earthside. Yep. They're experiencing everything for the first time as well. Mm-hmm. And they're not used to not being touched or you know yeah. covered or warm yep. and toasty noises everything is so new to them so they're waking up to the world yeah and having all these different experiences and like you said they've got obviously needs because we need to meet them yeah and for sure you trust like it is hard to trust you get at first oh it's so hard the outside but you know world is... well you're so right you just hit the nail on the head it's the outside world it's all the noise all the things we Absolutely. read all the things we see on instagram yep. or tiktok or our mum friends who have yep. had kids it's just the noise and it's learning to quieten the noise and yep. come back into the moment with you and your baby and take bits that work for you like if something yeah. might work like you were saying before something might work for you and it might not work for someone else mm. um but just take what you know what you need basically yep, and i was a bit like you too i ended up seeing a lactation consultant um because we were having a lot of trouble and it wasn't just with Bo being unsettled. I had, um, like, they thought I had a deep vein thrombosis because my wow. leg had swollen up and I had a big bruising under my leg, so I had to go have a scan. Then I also I was a bit sick for the first few weeks, which, thinking back, was probably the cause of a lot of Bo's issues um, because they'd left some placenta in me. Oh, you so, had retained placenta. Yeah, I had to go <sighs> back huge. to hospital because I was like, it's not right down there to be completely gross. Like, it was just not smelling correct. Yeah. And when my midwife came to check on me, she's like, no, this isn't right. We need to get back to hospital. Oh, my gosh. And so I remember going, and I was still raw at this stage. Mm. So when they're, like, digging around downstairs, I was like, am I going to get some, like, something, pain yeah, relief? Yeah, wow. So and they then, had, didn't give you anything? No, because she <gasps> was just like, oh, I'm just looking at the moment, and then ended up pulling out this, like, whatever it was. I can't wow. even, it was so blurry. I don't even remember what she called it, but I know it was part of the placenta or whatever. Wow. Um, and so that was actually making me quite sick. And obviously breastfeeding and things like that, the baby gets, you know, um, so that caused a lot of issues. So you are dealing, it's not just like, you know, you are meeting the baby's needs, your own needs, but that could have been what, like, Bo was unsettled. So think about that when, you know, if you are having issues, you know, how are you, Mm -hmm. what's going on with your body? And like you said, I needed to see the lactation consultant because I thought that maybe Bo wasn't getting 
what he needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually saw someone different to you. I did get the recommendation of yours as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think I rung her, but the other one got back to me first. Yep. So, um, Helen Green, yep. who was Sorry, also can you say that again? Helen Green. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. And not just, like you said, she came in, she was helped me with the lactation. Bo was not like going on properly, so he was, um, yeah, not connecting what's it called the, like latching properly yeah, latching that's the word <laughs> uh so you know and i look i've got pretty big boobs <laughs> and she even said even your nipples she's like your nipples are really big so for him it's like he's got this tiny little mouth trying to deal with that so there's something uh if you've got bigger that's boobs. that's so funny isn't it funny like what you don't even i mean you obviously knew you had bigger boobs but yeah in especially terms of, after you have like after you have kids boobs, yeah like, Whoa. so side note like yeah. the one thing i didn't realize my nipples point out sideways like oh, not fully sideways but like they're, <laughs> they're not dead straight so like when i was trying to lay side lied feed like my nipples would be in the bed yeah so i'd have okay. to lean back more on the pillow so this yeah. is the other thing like breastfeeding it's not just straightforward like because no. you have your own shape oh my god and, and when she showed own... me all the tricks and you got to do your oh finger and like the football hold for me worked better because my boobs were a bit bigger yeah um so yeah it's just it's so much and it was worth that was like the one thing i would recommend it was worth every penny and it was she mm-hmm. was not just for breastfeeding she was great she had so much advice yeah and she just even brenton he was with me for the consult and he's like wow like she literally left and our lives felt changed yeah and it's not like Bo got so better beautiful. overnight and he was this amazing newborn but just it helped everything all the tools she gave us were amazing i highly recommend doing something like that same yeah Um, yeah. definitely and like you said it's not even like it's the support it was just the that you got what you needed in that time and that's what i think so important so if you're feeling like snowed under whether it be emotionally physically mentally Mm -hmm. whether it be you or the baby like just don't feel like you're alone and that you have to suffer through it your, on That's your own. It. Um, and there is support. So whether it's lactation consultants, um, midwives, I personally do postpartum support. Like I go in and help mums. Yeah. So, um, and mine's more of like the mental, emotional stuff because mums need that. Very much needed. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, needed. like we, we, there is a huge, like you just said, like there's baby's needs, there's your personal needs. I think for me, like the biggest thing that I noticed in myself and then other mums that I met um, and have met since is like, and I actually went and saw, um, this is going out at the newborn stage, but it was, it was about six weeks. Um, so it's kind of in it. Um, I actually went and saw a psychologist because it just got to a point where I was just like, I don't think I had like postpartum depression or anxiety, but I was just, there was so much conflict in my mind about my life, like how I was relating to my partner and how we were like, we were really solid in like dealing with the baby stuff. But then it was like, oh, it does like your whole life. And it was actually seeing her, she brought up with me how she was the first person actually I'd ever heard this from. Um, There's there's a like a symbolism of the maid the mother and the crone or the maid and the mother and the crone and it's the three phases of you as a woman yeah so you go from the maiden which is before you have children and you're like you know fancy independent, and free, fancy and free <laughs> independent traveling doing yeah. whatever and then you become Wearing a mother um and yeah but yeah you you transition into the next phase of womanhood which is becoming a mother and while there is a birth of you as a mother we have to acknowledge the fact that there is a death of the maiden yeah. and of the self before and with death comes grieving absolutely um and i think that's such a huge part of motherhood that is just not supported enough in and that's like before I became a mum, I did do like women's support, women's health, but that's one of my major focuses now is helping women to actually 
And because that be feeling able... also lasts a long time. Oh. Like there are days now I still think, I was who just gonna am say I? That. What am I doing? Exactly. Like who, like, who am I still as a mother? Like, yep. But it's just, yeah, it is something that kind of sticks with you. Definitely. Like, yeah, and being able it's... to like, yeah, find yourself again and do the things that make you feel like you again. Yeah. Um, you're right. Like it's an ongoing thing through motherhood, but it's so heightened, I think, in that newborn Definitely. stage because you just are like, oh my God. But yeah. So anyway, we can do that in a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> talk about the yeah. becoming and finding yourself again. But in that newborn stage, yeah, it's just – it's a lot between you, the baby, Yeah, healing. And even, like, the partners, like, I know you've spoken a lot about this too. It's, like, they're going through a lot too. 100%. Like, we, like that's I guess that's not spoken about a lot either because it is hard. Like, you're not thinking – honestly, like, I wasn't thinking about Brenton at that time. I was like, sorry, Brent, you're on your own, mate. Like, I'm, like, in this yeah. whole thing. And he was so amazing. Like, yeah. he literally, like, could tell me how to latch because he was watching so closely what yeah. to do and like yep. helping because I had to pump as well wow. so I was doing a lot of pumping to try and um, keep my milk flow up mm-hmm. so and that was exhausting as well and I know one piece of advice a cousin did give me is that if you can pump try and do that so that the, your partner can give the baby a feed and you do get a bit of a rest mm. from that as well if that's something you if that's want something to do for sure um, there's just an option because it, it, yeah the feeding is a lot like especially when they're cluster feeding and things like that and you're just like oh my god like this yep. is just not going it is isn't it and it's so exhausting and that adds into the sleep deprivation and then mm. when you're sleep de- deprived on an emotional and mental level you just don't see the world straight anymore no definitely not <laughs> everything no. it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole yes. with yourself and little so, things become big things exactly yeah. so having strategies to be able to deal with the sleep deprivation in ways that feel right for you because something that i found and still do to this day actually find annoying at times or just conflicting is like when people want to help and obviously they it is just in our culture and a lot of people don't know how to help so they say i'll take the baby for you yes. and especially in those newborn days like feeding them like for some families that works so well to give them a bottle like that's great and if that works that's actually super amazing because you get time for yourself yeah for us that wasn't the case um and with Elliot he was he actually just was really unsettled from if he was like away or off me for more than I don't even know 10 minutes like he would just he was unsettled so I it was acknowledging accepting that accepting that that's the baby he was um, in saying that, it was actually a really beautiful thing once I did because it allowed me to rest. So I had to ask, like my husband is incredible. He is amazing. Yeah. He is so adaptable and willing to help in any way he can. But I'm also a very strong, independent woman yes. and don't like to ask for help. <laughs> so it took me a while Absolutely. to be able to go, you yeah. know what, I need you to do more. Like, And I have to be okay with letting go. Yeah. And that was probably the harder thing was he was willing to help. It was me letting go. And actually going, you know what, that's okay that I didn't cook the dinner and that I didn't do the washing. And I've just literally sat on the couch all day and fed Elliot. Like, that is okay. That was really hard to swallow. Like, that pill to swallow was hard. But once I did, and and it was an ongoing thing, once it was in my awareness, though, I could sit with it every day and go, Mm. I could notice my thoughts and go, okay, I feel really guilty for not being able to get up and do the washing, but is like, is that true? Like, do is it actually yep. true? And I could start to bring myself back in and go, you know what? It's okay that I'm sitting here with Elliot right now and this is what it looks like right now and I can rest. So sleep when the baby sleeps, like that is a shitty term. Because... I must have it. Look, I was just about to, it's funny you say that. You must have sixth sensed me. I did. Uh, because I feel like that is a lot of advice people give you and which is like, of course, like you, you want to sleep with the baby. It makes sense. But you, on a surface I level. didn't. Like, I've never you been a napper. I've yeah. never been, like, one person who could nap anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, you've got all this other stuff to do. Yes, like, you probably should in the first few weeks, you should relax or just do that time to enjoy, like, do what yeah. you need to do. 
but I feel like you're exactly right. Like I didn't sleep. I never. Did. I probably should have, but I didn't. Well, even but I see the so thing like, it, but see that feeling of like I should have done this yes. and I have so much to do. Like that's so much pressure. Absolutely. Like that's a burden in itself. But it's not even about sleeping. It's actually with sleep deprivation is where can I adapt and adjust and get comfortable mm-hmm. with doing a little bit less and maybe yeah. the washing pile getting a little bit bigger or asking for a bit more help yeah. or taking. So for me, like I didn't nap a lot through the day. Um, sometimes I did. But other times it was just about actually resting. Yes. So like sitting with him yeah. on me or beside me, if that's what, if I could put him down. Um, yeah. or, or having a shower. Like for or me, having it was a sh- like, oh, I get to have a shower. Like yeah, shower, like just shower. little ways that you can fill your cup back up. Yeah. Um, in terms of sleep deprivation while we're on that, like, yeah, newborn sleep, it is so not what adult sleep is. <laughs> so <laughs> no. you're, it's going to feel different. You're going to feel really tired and drained. Um, yeah. But you're going to feel more tired and drained if you continue – to keep yourself up to a really high standard in your mind of what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that your house has to be a complete bomb. And even if no. it was, nobody's judging you. Like literally exactly. everyone goes through that. That's but it. it's about actually you adjusting and going, okay, where can I go a little easier on myself today? Yeah. Like what can I do that's going to fill my cup up slightly? And then you actually might have the energy to put them in the carrier and do a little bit of washing. Yeah. But if you're in your head being like, oh my God, I need to do all these things and I can't do it. And blah, 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 yes. it actually is draining in itself. That's it. And then... I think for me, that's where I got so drained because I was trying to fix Elliot's sleep. I was trying to go, he needs to be in the bassinet. He needs to be. And it was exhausting both of us because he was emotional. I was emotional. Yeah. Um, but that's where, again, like and you have. And then you like. No, oh, and then throw them into the mix and they're like, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. And it's a lot like going back to what you were saying. Like, I think it is easy for mums to say, oh, my partner's life hasn't changed. I went through that. Yeah. I remember, I think at mum's group, we always used to talk. Yes. Our partners have it so much easier. Yeah. On the surface Why level, give for an hour in the car driving to work. Definitely, like there is some ways yes. they just can't relate, but in a lot of ways, for most partners, husbands, wives, mm. whatever, they actually do want to help us, and yes. they are actually still going through a transition. Definitely, I know for us personally, in that newborn stage, it was the heightened moment of realization that we had gone thirteen years of living in each other's pockets and being there, being able to be there for each other all the time. Yeah. To oh, now sometimes I can't be there with you and. Like for us, we would go to a, do a, like a buddings trip together and that would be like time together. You know, we did everything together. But like to put Elliot in the car wasn't as easy as what we thought. So we were spending a lot of time apart. And for me, like I obviously had Elliot, I was feeling completely touched out and Troy's the opposite. He's feeling alone, you know, so it is that dynamic well, change. Lost that part of you too. Like you've lost a sense of yourself. Yeah. But they've also lost that. Like yeah, the old you, you're becoming for a sure. new you. You're and a mother, you know. Definitely. And I carried a lot of guilt with that for a long time. I remember I felt like it was a burden. I remember yeah. thinking like, this isn't fair. Like I have gone through all this and I'm healing and I have to keep this baby alive. And now I've got to deal with my husband's emotions and how uh, now I've like, he's dealing with the death of me. I'm like, Whoa, like, you know, but it's actually, <laughs> it's, just a it's a whole, but it's not like that at all. Like it's actually not our responsibility in terms of having to be there in terms of their healing, like they've got to go through stuff, but we can still support each other and acknowledge yes. the fact that we're all going through change at that time. Absolutely. But again, I'm glad we're talking about this because I just don't think it's talked about enough. I never really spoke to anyone about that yeah. before I had babies, baby, oh, same. baby. And like you said, Brenton was amazing. Like he, cause I had to, I was taking something called Matilium too at the okay. start. What's that? Um, that's like makes um, breast milk. Breast milk. Yep. Um, so I took a bit of that and like Brenton and then I was on antibiotics and on all this other stuff for all the, you know, yeah. everything else that's going on. so much going on. And Brenton literally had a schedule written out. And so he's like, okay, it's time to take this, this, and this. And thank God he did. Cause I like, yep. you're in such a fog that yep. he was so supportive and so amazing. And like you said, it's, 
easy, very easy to be like, oh, your life's, you know, wish, mm. wish I was you sometime. Yeah, and, like, they help in that, like, men in that way, most men, some men, are very, like, methodical and logical. Like, they're good like that. Yeah. Um, so it's about acknowledging what they are good at and then also just, I know, I literally have this vivid memory of us, you and I. Um, sitting in the park one morning, remember, and I think I just started crying and I was like, I just can't do it. We've I tried. Remember. Remember? That was over here. It was over the road, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. We're literally recording across the road that. from where it was. And it was just, <laughs> it actually had nothing to do with him at the time. It was in my head all about him, like thinking about, you know, how, how, you know, I think we used to talk about it in terms of sleep because they would roll over to us and be like, oh, last night was hard yeah. or like, how, well, or they say they're tired. In a different bedroom and I'm like, oh. Yeah, and they say how tired they are and, like, you're like, what the heck? Like, you don't even know what this is like. Like, yes. you have that disconnect from your partner. So if anyone is ha- has gone or is gone, is gone, or yeah. <laughs> has gone or is going through that, just know that it's normal yes. and, like, that it's okay. And, again, there is this support there for it. This too shall pass. This like, too shall pass, yeah. definitely. And it does, like, you know, it feels lonely at all, like, Every, it's like we all experience similar things at Definitely. some stage. Like in the middle of the night when it's 3 a.m., you're just crying. Like yep. your breast hurts and they're <gasps> massive and they're me. leaking. Like, you know, it's yep. like there's other, hundreds of other women going through the same thing. But it is in that moment, you can't, like it's hard to you think about You feel alone. That. You, of do. Course, you do. And yeah, like I remember there was like, um, there was like an Instagram. I remember seeing on Instagram scrolling at 3 o'clock in the morning probably. Yeah. <laughs> it was like when there's darkness you think of all the other mothers that are up doing the same as you but you can still feel really lonely in that moment of course um, they're not in the room with you either it's no like, it's but it's nice to know it, it is, is nice to know i was gonna say something though just then about oh okay so i have scrolling two things no two okay. things that i found helpful during like two lessons or two yes. things that were helpful so first thing when you're doing your middle of the night feeds, mm-hmm. um, one of my mum friends gave me this advice um, and it was great because um, I really struggled with being able to stay awake while feeding because okay. I kept we kept the room quite dark. So I just have like, I don't think I had a little side lamp on or even just the light on my phone. Yeah, um, night and night light, I think. Yeah, and I, but I remember I would struggle to stay awake because I think he would feed for like half an hour or so either, yeah. like either oh, side. It was long back in the day. Remember yes. it's long? Yeah. I remember my body, my legs would ache like because it was like my body was trying to fall asleep and I would have to sit there and shake my legs. Like, I don't really want to cry talking about it because it was so – at the time I remember thinking like, how is this so hard? <laughs> but the one thing that changed it all for me was – having my earphones and my phone ready beside the bed for the, those feeds okay, <laughs> <laughs> and having a show ready to watch that yes. I wanted to watch. Okay. That sounds so silly and mundane, but yep. I fully woke up. Like it wasn't so about easy. me getting rest at that point and like sleep because yep. I knew I was going to have to be awake for a while. Like, cause he was feeding really long at that point. Um, and the sideline, the side life lying feeding that was working, it just stopped working like around, yeah, like does, two, three weeks. They yep. changed. Like it just, I couldn't do it. He wouldn't latch. Anyway, so I was having to sit up and I was really tired. So that's what really helped though, watching something on my phone. And I remember every time I'd wake up, it wasn't about like, oh my God, how am I going to stay awake? It was like this mindset shift to like, oh, I get to watch something or I can listen to a book or I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. Like having I get that, to do that for myself in this time. I must admit that's one probably advice that I would give too, is that I had this little basket that kind of went around with me. Yeah. So wherever I was sitting, if I got stuck feeding somewhere, which you quite often do. Yes. Um, I had everything next to me. I had like a bottle of water. Um, had some snacks, which was original potato chips. Like love on, that view. <laughs> no stop, like nonstop. That's, That's all I wanted. So to eat. good. Mine's, mine was those um, dark chocolate covered chickpeas. I don't know what the oh, brand is. Oh God, trust you to make it something healthy. Oh, like, it's, it's, 
<laughs> that was so good. Anyway, that's, so funny. that's actually I've such a great them. idea. The basket though, to yeah, take it out with and you. I also had like a, I just had something for him. I had his nappy. Like I had a few things of his in there too, yeah. but just something that it was like a caddy. You know how people have I those caddies? I love that. Like I had that, but I just, um, like it was always for his stuff. I, I, I know. Never, yeah, I know. I filled it full of like, my stuff. Like thankfully so. Troy worked from home and I would always be like, oh, I don't have my water bottle. But yes. looking back, like that would have been really helpful. That's such a great tip. Yeah. I love that. And even that. if before you go into feed, go to the toilet quickly like do a wee do what you need yeah. to do because so many times you get stuck there and you're like oh, i'm busting as you are like at that yep. know, early stage yes um that was yeah one and also like i remember getting one thing that really helped us is for like people sending us gifts and things before mm-hmm. we had Bo. And one of the best things I got was a $100 gift voucher for a company called Dinner Ladies, who I think oh. are based in northern New South Wales. Okay. And they do all home-style meals um, and they deliver it to your door. They're fresh. They, like, you just put it in your freezer or your fridge and it was amazing. That... Like, the service was unreal. The food was beautiful. Oh just having the fridge stocked with stuff like that. I... And even before you have, like, I'm not that organized. I didn't have the fridge stocked full of food. I'm not a great cook. Look, so... I did. And then you're good. my gut, no, but my gut told me that. I shouldn't be eating that because he was reacting to food. Well, oh. I felt like he was. Yeah. Um. And yeah, well, I just didn't. We we couldn't. I couldn't eat it. So anyway, so that would have been <laughs> so really helpful. That actually yeah, sounds really it's a great. Good. Gift. It was the best gift I got. If I look back now and someone's like, "What?" Did, you know, that was like I appreciated that so much. Hundred percent. I love that. Like meals. Oh my god, that was probably something we struggled massively with. Um, mm. in that time was cooking because yeah. Elliot cook? went through this phase from about I think it started at like week three and it lasted till he was like nine weeks old, where from three thirty in the afternoon, um. That's when they tend to a lot of breastfed babies will start that cluster feeding. Like yeah. they want to, and I, my lactation consultant told me about that, and I understood what that was, and that it was a time I came to just got to sit on the couch, feed him, let him fall, and he would fall asleep, and then he'd wake up and feed on the other side, and that would go on and on. That was on a good day. That was an easy day. I get to sit on the couch, he'd feed, go to sleep, wake up, feed, and that would happen till about eight o'clock, eight thirty, and then we'd do his bath, and he'd go to in inverted commas bed um <laughs> we just move into the bedroom yeah, the moon would come um, up. yeah. <laughs> um but what would happen most days but not always it was really unpredictable and that caused a lot of anxiety at the time was he would just be really unsettled and he would cry and it was like he was trying to latch but he couldn't and he would scream and i had the lactation consultant like check the latch and check his feeding and check my milk and like not that they can physically check but you know what i mean like we yeah. went through ticking all the boxes to see is there something wrong What's going on my gut was telling me at the time something wasn't right but everyone around me was telling and nobody knew and that's okay uh, and maybe it wasn't but my gut was telling me something wasn't right but um i was just leaned towards this thing called purple crying mm-hmm. um which you can go away and do your own research but it, basically it's uh, some babies just go through it where they just go through an unsettled it's not colic it's just this unsettled period of crying in the afternoon I've evening yeah fun? it's um it's just what so it's like which like it's witching hour it's witching hour extended like it forever. went from 3 30 till literally it went on the days that he didn't do that cluster feeding and was settled it went from 3 30 till 9 30 so because he was born in winter the sun would go down and it'd be dark in our house by six yeah. o'clock we tried the whole like i remember our lactation consultant saying just try and keep the house going as normal like some babies just like to keep Normal the yeah so keep yep. the tv on keep the lights on tried that didn't work we tried literally everything like most parents do we tried putting his head under like warm water like yeah. they say that running <laughs> tried that like All the bouncing on the ball literally i don't think there wasn't a book in the tricks we didn't try for settling him nothing settled him other than and it even really wasn't that settled um it was we had to have the whole entire house dark we had one salt lamp on and i would sit 
in our room and we would put him on like you know how you sit in newborns like on your knees like looking at you yes and we'd just either troy or i would usually be me but troy would be with me and we'd rock and we'd just talk and we just talk like we could just talk to him we'd have to talk to him <laughs> um he would just sit there and not cry if we were talking um and that would be what we would do and that got you through that got us through oh. and how do we even get onto that tangent i we we do this a lot <laughs> i don't know what led to that just talking about i don't know routines and afternoons no, and i can't remember but anyway for anyone who goes through that um yeah like it, and there was no other too, reason like, like is... colic is another hard thing but what actually happened with Elliot was he ended up developing food allergies, which we were aware of once he was around seven months and we or eight months and we gave him gluten and egg. Um, he is like IgE allergic to egg, gluten. Um, he would get a rash. Um, but at the time, like when he was really young, I just had this gut feeling that I kept asking like the midwives who'd come out to the house, you know, they come out the first few weeks and yeah. ask the GP, ask lactation consultant, like, is there certain things we shouldn't on? be eating that could like upset their tummies? And everyone was like, no, no, no. We want to keep as much food in as possible unless they're getting like rashes and things like that, which he wasn't. And they, and they actually did mention like mucus poos and things like that. At the time though, they also say like, does your baby's breastfed poo look like mustard? Like yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> All it's the squishy. Colors. Like it's squishy and yellow, yeah. but it was squishy yellow and filled with mucus but oh, we didn't yeah. actually realize didn't and i have so much mum guilt about that um, but how it's also like how do you how do you like, like, like it looks... unless you google like a million different and i, I remember online. even googling and thinking no it doesn't look like that because it just didn't but it like i have photos where he like poo exploded through the whole bed oh, and lovely. i look back and it was mucusy <laughs> and i was like i wasn't aware of that until we we met with a dietitian when he was seven or eight months old um, and they're kind of all clear. but that's where i was oh, i didn't know if this was going back to it but in that purple crying phase time, like that people that around me were saying it's just purple crying. Like I, my gut tells me that it was, and it was also the dietitian that brought me to this awareness was that it probably was him reacting to something through my milk Yeah, because Makes it was sense. some days he was fine. Other days he wasn't. So it's like based on what I was eating again, I, you know, you don't know what you know no. until you know, but I think that leads back to, if you have a gut feeling on something, keep questioning. It's like you with you, with the poo, like yes. <laughs> the poo, your whole life becomes about their poo. It does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't even know where we were with that. But I, I also had one other point that I was going to share of helpful advice. There was two things, but I've forgotten the second one. But maybe we could end with... I think we'll end we, on a positive note. We'll end <laughs> on a positive note. Positive, and we, just... both, we both had some um, people, like mums, write in it and give us some some of their like most helpful tips and Absolutely. things that they found. So what were some of yours? Um, so, I mean, we, look, we, I did cover it in some of... in. Yeah, um, but just to it, wrap but up. just quickly is like um, some people just said savor some moments because yeah. it does go quickly, which yeah. you know it does. But it also when it's hard, it is hard to savor those moments. Mm-hmm. But it is like I do have moments where I remember like the good stuff, you know, where you oh, are cuddling, sure. you know, when Bo wasn't crying and he was this super yeah. cuddly little bubba. Um, and uh, accept all the help. Like, that's what you need to learn. Like you were saying, it's hard yeah. to accept, especially when you're a strong, independent woman. Yeah. Uh, it is Surrender. like, accept the yeah. help. People offer you help, accept mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, meals will be great. Like, yeah. laundry is acceptable. Yeah. Let people help you. Let <laughs> people help you. Um, look, a few people did say sleep when the baby sleeps. We've covered that. Like, that's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, try and create a village and, yeah. you know, reach out if you are struggling, struggling. a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, fresh air, breathe. Yep. Um, be kind to yourself and go with the flow. A lot of people, especially the difference between people who had lots of kids and like one or two, mm-hmm. um, the people with lots of kids were like, 
kids can't be programmed, turn the clocks off, yep. go with the flow, follow the child. Yeah, so definitely. That's, well, that was basically good. the same that I got as well. And I think that's a nice point to end on is that um, you can try and prepare as much as you think you're going to need to. But when you get to that newborn stage and they're actually here, just surrendering and going with it and yes. knowing that you're not alone, reach out for the help that you need in that time you're doing a good and job you're an amazing mum whether it. your baby is crying or not that's it and it's okay if you cry too because oh my will. god you're gonna cry <laughs> you're gonna cry <laughs> and they'll be happy crying and sad crying you cry over everything so yeah yep, definitely <laughs> have some tissues next well week. i think that was i think we covered it all absolutely like we could all as always we could go on forever we could but we might leave it there i think we'll leave it there it's a good good note to leave it on we hope we've you know entertained some people and yeah. <laughs> maybe given some helpful tips here or there hopefully too. hopefully yeah, you're pregnant like Okay, exciting. Yay. Exciting times ahead. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.